0: This is Tom Vargelletis with the Full-Time Real Estate Photographer Podcast. Today's episode, we've got a special interview for you. I have one of the founders of iGUIDE on the line. We had an amazing conversation, excellent content. Kevin over at iGUIDE is going to introduce himself in a minute, but I just wanted to share a couple little tidbits about these guys. I first found out about iGUIDE when I was at a photo shoot and the listing agent who hired me had me do uh, just video and exterior images and they hired someone else to work on the interior. I don't know why the listing agent did that. It was a strange choice. But the photographer was working on their iGUIDE virtual tour while I was doing my thing and it was Interesting. I've never seen a system like that before. I asked a couple of questions and I didn't think too much about it until a couple of years later, I had a chance to visit the world famous PFRE conference. Its inaugural year was 2019. So that was the first ever event. I met with Michael and then Michael introduced me to Kevin. These guys and their team over at iGUIDE have made a really interesting piece of technology that I think you're going to like. It is very similar to Matterport, and I've been talking about Matterport for a long time now. If you're a little bit familiar with Matterport, but you haven't really used it or anything, while we're talking about iGUIDE, we're also talking about a virtual tour system that can actually do a lot more than your typical matterport virtual tours i hope that you're going to enjoy this conversation i know that kevin and i did without further ado kevin why don't you introduce yourself for our incredible listeners at home
1: my name is kevin kleges i am one of the founders of Planetar, maker of iGuide. my background I've been involved in design, construction, and cost planning of construction projects from uh, graduation. Began in uh, design and construction of international sporting events, and then carried that through to cost engineering for large public and private commercial projects. And that led me to the idea and the problem identification for what has become iGUIDE.
0: Interesting. iGUIDE, for anyone who's not familiar with it iGUIDE is providing technology to do virtual tours, and what else?
1: Our elevator pitch is, we are a property documentation system combining our own iGUIDE camera system and our own software. Photographers can take our camera out with them to site and use it to capture visual and spatial data That we translate into fully immersive 3D tours, floor plans, room measurements, square footage calculations, and photographs. Mm -hmm. And there's not a ton of
0: other people that are doing this either, right? In terms of um, competition in the marketplace, would you say there's only like one or maybe two other companies that are doing something like this for uh, real estate?
1: Yeah, I would think there are one or two significant competitors in the space. There are a lot of competitors, uh, both direct and indirect, in that virtual tour category from do-it-yourself right up to professionally made services. By way of a floor plan and measurement technology, we do stand very much on our own in that space.
0: Okay. As you know, and as many listeners of the podcasts know as well, I do a lot of virtual tours, but I'm using right now Matterport systems. And I've talked about it a lot before. Could you compare iGuide to Matterport for people that might be familiar with one and not the other?
1: Absolutely. Both companies are providing very similar outputs and services, which is virtual tours, photographs. Matterport does provide floor plans now as an add-on, as well as some measurement information. From that context, the output's different. Our capture technologies are very different. The difference in our capture technology really leads to differences in the way the professional photographer uses our equipment. One of our big benefits and upsides is our speed of capture. Photographers can go into a space and much quicker and much more efficiently, capture the details and the data they need to create the tours, to create the floor plans, create the measurement with the iGUIDE camera system versus Matterport or any of the other technologies out there currently servicing the professional photographer market. Okay.
0: Yeah, speed is really important. Matterport up until a couple of years ago was almost unusable with how long it took to do a 3D scan. Thanks to a software update, it sped things up significantly. But with the iGUIDE system, obviously each house would take a different amount of time depending on the house. But how long would like a single scan or a single panorama take? I assume that the iGUIDE virtual tours are built in a similar kind of manner, right? Like you place the system, you take a scan, you move it, you take another scan.
1: Yep. We are often questioned about that and and have videos to show how long it is. But ultimately, we can go in, a photographer can go in and and capture, I got data, and let's call it a 2,500 square foot home in 20, 22 minutes.
0: That's very fast for a house that size. When I'm doing a house about the same size with Matterport, this is just Matterport alone. It's taking more than 45 minutes to do a house, you know, a couple thousand square foot, 2,500 square foot. It's taking at least that. So that basically is half or maybe a bit less than half the time.
1: Yes, we've been told it hands down more efficient. And when you look at, and depending on the type of listener or professional photographer, if they've got an existing business who are using other virtual tour technologies, it's definitely allowing them to get more shoots in a day, resulting Mm -hmm. in more revenue. For photographers who haven't yet incorporated Any floor plan or virtual tour tools into their product offering, it allows them to very quickly incorporate them in, raise their revenue rates, and that's some of the stuff that we're highly focused on when we're talking with photographers.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, it's all very important for their businesses. Okay, so it's faster. That's great. What about accuracy and measurements? Doing floor plans, I mean, Matterport claims that they're within 1% of reality. My own personal experience, that's not accurate. It's actually more like within 5 or 6%, not 1%. Or is there anything really to speak to accuracy in, in the way that the floor plans or the, the spaces are being measured?
1: Yeah, and I can't uh, or won't speak to uh, the claims that other companies make. We make legitimate factual claims in that we have a 0.5% uncertainty in our, our measurements. We use LiDAR laser scanning to create our measurements, the same technology that the big industrial scanning technologies that are hundreds of thousands of dollars are using we can definitively say that we are superior in terms of our measurement certainty or mm-hmm. our accuracy to anything else that would be non-LIDAR. Okay.
0: Yeah, obviously, I I totally understand <laughs> not being in Matterport. Uh, you wouldn't be able to say with with any certainty about their measurements. That's just their public claim. I don't know what they've done to back that up. Um, there's probably studies and stuff available that they've done. It sounds like the LiDAR system is much more accurate, or at least it would be more consistent. I mean, when you're ordering floor plans as well, for your average user, what's the cost for that, for processing the
1: floor plans? It's on a square footage basis, very similar to traditional floor planning services. We charge a cost per square foot. Processing costs range range. Two and a half to three cents a square foot for a standard eye guide, and of course, as the size of the properties get larger, we can realize some efficiencies in our data processing, so we pass that on to photographers as well. Okay, just so I have a complete
0: figure in my head, if, if we were to do that twenty five hundred square foot listing at three cents,
1: 75- I just jumped. Yeah, I just jumped on our pricing calculator for the U.S. So yes, uh, you're at seventy five dollars. Uh, to process a, well, for a premium, sorry, $50 tw- uh, for a 2,500 square foot property. Oh, $50. Okay. Yeah.
0: Not too and bad. That, it,
1: yeah. And that includes your floor plan, your virtual tour, your room measurement, your square footage calculations. And those floor plans come in JPEG, PDF, CAD, and SVG formats.
0: Oh, awesome. That's included with the, if you were to buy these floor plans for that particular house, you pay the $50. You'd get that automatically, or do you have to request that if you want the additional?
1: No, they, they're created automatically, but links to them are not included in the iGuide report. They're available through our backend iGuide portal. So you can log okay. into that particular property and download all those files.
0: Okay. What else are we doing with iGuide? You're, you're also providing uh, listing websites for people as well, right?
1: The iGuide is a direct link site. One of the things that we really try and focus on is taking the iGuide. And embedding it within existing sites, or trying to not be the destination, but be the content that drives traffic to the destination. Okay. So yes, uh, single property website posting, all that. But again, one of a uh, one of what we really emphasize and in, in partnered with the Canadian Real Estate Association, as well as website service providers, that when an iGuide is created our content is automatically ingested into that agent's website or that national search destination Mm -hmm. so that all the traffic and all the benefits of people engaging with iGUIDE is directed to the people who ultimately want that traffic, which could be the agent, the search destination, or the brokerage. That's awesome. Mm -hmm.
0: When anyone is going to make a purchasing decision, because obviously, I mean, I know when it comes to my business, offering virtual tours and floor plans is like a no-brainer. I, I could not run my business without being able to do those things. One of the reasons why many of my clients like to work with me is because I have so much to offer. They pick and choose what they want, but they only have to make one call no yes. matter no matter what. Yeah, obviously it's something that I feel like I, I have to offer in my business. It makes sense for a lot of other people to also offer virtual tours, but what would be the so one of my biggest problems when it comes to using Matterport and I keep bringing up Matterport not because I'm trying to get you to like see something negative <laughs> about them it's just no. because there's not really much I can't just say oh those generic virtual tour companies because what comes to mind is really just Matterport and iGuide so I'm sorry if I'm like over comparing No no <laughs> <laughs> don't worry
1: about it 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 it, <clears throat> it happens and and To be quite honest, it's flattering to be in their company. They're uh, very successful, very well known, and it's great to be considered the second to them to eventually become the first.
0: (laughs) Yeah, hopefully someday soon. There's definitely other virtual tour companies, but none that offer quite as much value, I should say. There's others that will, like, you can just do a virtual tour, but you can't really do anything else. With the system, you're not getting floor plans. With iGUIDE, you are. But with other companies, you're not getting the um, the additional tools that you guys are offering. Actually, something that you can do that really kind of blew me away. I don't know why it seemed like such a no-brainer that they should be doing this already. Matterport is not, unfortunately. But you guys have the ability to add in a virtual tour exterior panoramas from drones, which yes. I thought was really exciting.
1: Yeah. When it comes to media, it's trying to marry what's out there so that for agents and downstream to buyers, they're not having to look at a whole bunch of mixed medias in order to understand a space. Realtors have very little attention and time of that buyer to get their message across, driving that prospective buyer across various platforms and various tools is going to disengage and not everything is going to be used. It's crucial to make sure that the content is there in a simple to digest format. Incorporating both just seemed like a very logical place for us.
0: Yes, definitely a good move. There's a lot of uh, attention to detail that I'm noticing among the tools and the user interface for the iGUIDE system that not everyone else seems to pick up on i mean uh, other virtual tour providers it's really great but anyway I, I was leading into this earlier i was wondering what would the cost be because one of my biggest issues with matterport and like i said sorry if i'm over comparing it but you know nope. uh, matterport is crazy expensive there was a time when i was paying a lot of money like several thousand dollars a month just to keep up with my processing fees probably going to be different from house to house. Could you share a little bit about what the actual cost is for using the system?
1: Absolutely. We don't have a subscription system or ongoing hosting fees right now. When you as a photographer send us your data, you pay that on that 2,500 square foot home, you pay that $50 and we Mm -hmm. will host it for you or Uh, because we do a lot of work and a lot of our professional network does work in commercial spaces, whether it be multi-unit residential or rental properties. They want it hosted on their own servers. So we also provide the data for self-hosting. So it very much is a one-time transaction fee, very similar to what uh, some of the more veteran photographers could equate to taking your film in for processing. You know, they... You go, you collect your, your photos, you pay your fee, and the photo lab isn't charging you per month to look at them. That is the same formula that we're applying here. Now, with that being said, we want to figure out and create value so that you do want to keep coming back every month. And we're always looking for ways to do that. It's not going to be locking people in. We want, uh, we want to figure out ways to engage people to come back and use us on a monthly basis. Processing fees, it is. It's a one-time transaction. I hope you spend a lot with us because that means you're shooting an awful lot of properties. And we have teams that are shooting an incredible amount of guides per month. That's fantastic. And you talk with any of them, they are not begrudging a second what they're paying and processing.
0: Yeah, that's an interesting point. So it's it's that fifty dollar payment. Obviously, if the house is smaller, it would be cheaper. If it's bigger, it would be more expensive, right? Typical twenty five hundred square foot house, fifty bucks, and then you can host it indefinitely, no additional fees.
1: No additional fees. We put a one year time limit on it. Sometimes the photographer, the agent, forget to let us know that it's been sold. After twelve months, we lock them down. They don't go away. And right now. We don't have any sort of charge to republish it. But again, uh-huh. that is something that down the road, we hope to add additional services and functionality to make people want to pay for ongoing services. So yeah, right, right now it is. Right now, uh, just a one one-time Yeah, fee. That's,
0: that's interesting. Yeah, the, the Matterport model is very different. I've, I've brought this up on other episodes where you could either pay in advance for a year of whatever account level that you're at, or you could choose to pay monthly. And then there's processing fees on top of it. So, man, with with Matterport, how much am I paying? I have two accounts. I have one that was like a couple grand a year, and then I have one that was way more expensive than that. And I maintained the two accounts to try and keep processing fees down because the different accounts have different things. So with Iguide, I wouldn't actually have to worry about any of that. No monthly or annual fees. Just the one time you pay for it. And you would let me actually host the virtual tour as well. So what does that mean? I could buy a server, put it in my office or my house, or rent server space with like AWS or Google or whatever, and then I have
1: full control and can do whatever I want with those virtual tours. Yep, that's right. That is it. Hosting has come down so much that to put a tax on it really doesn't seem worthwhile. So absolutely, if you've got a way to host it yourself, and oftentimes... If you start to do work in commercial spaces and large commercial clients, they're going to want to self-host too. They're going to want to have it. Oftentimes, there's data that they might want secure and not for the public to consume. They mm-hmm. want to host it behind their own firewalls and on their own server. So absolutely, they receive a fully functioning download iGUIDE file that they can self-host and serve up. Interesting. How
0: difficult is it to set that up? You what? You download a file and...
1: Put it just, on your servers and point to it.
0: And just point to it. And then the file, once you open it, it, it runs itself as if it was, or, or it looks and behaves as if it was a standard iGUIDE virtual tour like you'd see anywhere else. Yep. And you can have it like that forever. Yep. That's cool. I really like that. I like that quite yeah, a bit. I, That's not something that you can do with Matterport.
1: <laughs> and what we're trying to accomplish, that made sense and continues right. to make sense. And you're right. For cases like you, it makes a lot of sense. And over time, it saves money.
0: The physical camera system that you're selling is also it's less than four thousand dollars I think right uh, yeah u s
1: yeah it's thirty five hundred dollars thirty five hundred
0: so look at that. It's like a thousand dollars cheaper, it's faster, more accurate, <laughs> more
1: control. seems like a pretty good deal. It is, and if you're doing considerable volume, it pays for itself very, very quickly. The entire system, because it was originally built for large commercial space, it was built as an efficiency tool. It was built to be fast and it had to be accurate. That is still our claim to fame.
0: We've been talking about the practical uses of the system itself. And I know we kind of briefly touched on this, but I'm curious as to more about how iGUIDE gets started itself. You mentioned it, but I feel like there was a bit more there because you and I were chatting the other day with uh, Michael. And, uh, and iGUIDE has a, has a really interesting story as to how it started. Could we, could we get back into that?
1: Absolutely. That's what I find most intriguing. Listening to some of your podcasts, big fan of the business messaging you're putting out there and how you're trying to help photographers continue to be artists, but professional artists. When we started iGUIDE, prior to entering the real estate space, I did not know what a virtual tour was. We had to figure that out. (laughs) Alex had built the technology and had the early workings of it. And I had came to the team with more of the needs analysis saying, Mm -hmm. this is what I'm looking for. This is what I need to have happen. And we worked together and put this together. And then we were introduced to residential real estate through this technology accelerator that we were working with. So we looked at the residential space, the pros and cons, and it looked like a fantastic market. We looked at what was available in terms of technology, what the marketplace was wanting. I often talk about the National Association of Realtors Profiled Home Buyers and Sellers Report. That's the complete playbook. That's telling Mm -hmm. you exactly what your clients want. So we... Built a version of iGUIDE to address the need of the residential space. We decided in June of 2013 that we were going to run a 12-month pilot to see the commercial viability of the residential space, and we went to market. For us, our goal in year one is if we did 80 homes, we had achieved commercial viability. People were willing to buy it. And we actually finished that 12 months closer to 900 properties. So to say it it, it exceeded our expectations is an understatement. In uh, June of 2014, Alex and I moved into the business full time because at the time he was a research scientist with a a company and and I was still in the cost engineering world. And we had financed a team to go out and run the test. So we moved in June of 2014 and we launched our first full-scale local market in Kitchener-Waterloo, where we're from. Uh And then over the next year and a half, we expanded out through another 10 individual markets. And by markets, I kind of, I look at markets in, in the real estate space by real estate association. You know, where does that association cover? And that's a market to me. So we expanded out to uh, 10 new markets and really applied the same fundamental business practices to those 10 markets that we did our launch market and had incredible success with each of them. So at that time, we decided to pivot. And in order to continue expanding, we were going to start selling our camera systems to photographers, where they simply pay that processing fee, and then they go build their own local markets. This I guide professional support is in the core of our DNA because what we like to do is share. Hey, this is what we did, and we know it works. We know it's not the only way to work, but we at least know that our playbook works, and uh, try and help and coach photographers through uh, executing and building their business. And so many of them have been wildly successful beyond their own expectations.
0: It's super yeah. interesting how you guys have have. Come up to this point. Are you able to share, like, how how big is iGuide right now? Do you know how many cameras are in service right now? And
1: I don't. Michael and and our sales and marketing team are selling cameras on a regular basis. At this point, we're in 48 US states. We've got Canada covered coast to coast to coast. Mm -hmm. And we're now expanding throughout international markets like Scandinavia. We've got cameras in Scandinavian countries, Germany, you know, Western Europe, Eastern Europe, as well as Australia, New Zealand. That's awesome. Very much a global organization. <laughs> we're, we're trying to be. Hearing myself say it, it's cool. You know, something that started in his idea to grow to this point and continuing to grow. Yeah, it is pretty exciting. It's hugely exciting.
0: I mean, I'd say it's been a pretty big success so far and things are looking up and up over time, right? Virtual tours are super interesting. What's your opinion on the future of virtual tours in general with regards to real estate? Do you feel like this is something that's going to continue to grow in popularity and more and more people will do it, perhaps even demand it at one point in the future? Or do you feel like we're at our peak interest right now?
1: I definitely see it growing. When we looked at the residential space, we looked at the percentage of listings that had professional photography which back in 2012, 2013 was rather low. And the percentage that we're actually using a virtual tour was marginal as a percentage. We've seen that the most significant growth is when we started in Kitchener-Waterloo and, and by default the rest of Canada, floor plans were not a thing. They simply mm-hmm. were cost prohibitive and agents simply didn't have access to them. I know myself personally, I had bought a home that I was going to renovate and I needed a floor plan. So I called an engineering friend and the cost was going to be $1,500 to do a floor plan <laughs> for my, my 2,200 square foot house. If agents had to, well, there's their entire commission right there. So no, floor plans weren't a thing. And when we launched in our first markets, I thought, how exciting, we're going to give you floor plans. The agents right. were like, we don't care about floor plans. Nobody's asking for floor plans. We don't need floor plans. So we pivoted. everyone wants them. Exactly. And we pivoted really quickly and said, okay, we're selling you virtual tours and we're giving you a floor plan for free. Just that groundswell made it really without a regulated standard. It became a default standard where agent after agent was saying, you know, I never used floor plans, but my seller saw one on realtor.ca and they want one. For their home. So I'm calling iGuide. And then that agent continues and grows with us and grows with us. And I do see uh, considerable growth yet to occur within the virtual tour space. I think the technologies, what's happening, you know, all the cameras that are coming out, all that's doing is really driving demand. And more and more agents are going to continue to gravitate towards the technology. Where I see the biggest opportunity for real estate photographers is in the floor plan and measurement space. This is a market segment that really has exploded at a quicker rate than even virtual tours did, and I think it's because you know you can talk to an agent and they can love or they can hate a virtual tour. I mean, you can really have right. an, an opinion one way or another, but you can't hate a floor plan. I mean, really, it, it's just basic information and basic understanding. And, and the premise behind a floor plan is so simple and so logical that they can't hate it. They used to be able to hate you know, the, the cost behind potentially having to give one. But with the cost of these, with our technology and, and bringing the cost of these things down, I see the biggest growth within the professional photography world being in, in the floor plan and measurement services. Yeah, that's
0: interesting. But I also have to agree, I feel like it's only going to become the standard. Just like how back in the day, a real estate listing, you really only needed a couple photos <laughs> back when things were kind of printed in books, the old MLS book days. Yeah. Now as technology just keeps on improving, buyers are almost entirely making their purchasing decisions online, deciding, am I going to go and actually see this property or not? Deciding, do I even want to look in this neighborhood or whatever? The days of like driving around and talking to people are are long gone. You can just figure it all out online. Yeah, as time goes on, it just seems like our, because we have some analytics on our websites, like the, the people are, are using them more often for longer as the years go by. We even hear people who have gotten sight unseen offers on their listings because of a virtual tour. Yeah. yeah I and, feel and, like it's...
1: No, I, I agree with you. I think you and like so many other photographers who might run into barriers, Right now, with inventories being low, homes are selling quick and for a lot of money. But really, in that sort of condition, I, as a listing agent, knowing that buyers are going to have a very short period of time to make a decision. They may, as you said, may or may not even have an opportunity to visit the home before making an offer. This is where a virtual tour and a floor plan. Having that information available to them 24 hours a day, where three o'clock in the morning, the couple sitting there having to make an offer at eight the next morning can go and and make very intelligent decisions based on that home. So what you're doing is you're increasing the likelihood of getting more offers. That's part of tipping into the messaging that real estate photographers can use is is there's no bad time for this virtual tour and floor plan technology. That's true. Even for the people that hate it, it
0: still helps. I mean, some people are never going to even try to use a virtual tour and actually preview a listing, but the people that love it, they really do love it. And there are only more of them, it seems, as time goes on. It seems like the future there is bright and growing. Speaking about growth, what about, because uh, you, you're, you're keeping track on some of the analytics of your clients, your customers, who are the real estate photographers. And you're seeing like, I mean, do you, do you? maybe it's all anecdotal, uh, maybe there's not really firm statistics on this, but what can you say about real estate photographers who start using virtual tours? Do you notice that they pick up your system and then you're seeing them do maybe, you know, 20, 30, 40 of them in a year. And then as time goes on, their business just explodes. Do do you ever notice that when people start using virtual tours that their businesses pick
1: up? Absolutely. So uh, I won't give exacts because I always get my hand slapped when I, I give numbers without having <laughs> okay. them sitting right in front of me. I'll share specific stories where we've got a, a woman who uh, from Kelowna, B.C., who, who uh, was a successful real estate photographer who offered photos only. We reached out to her. She bought the iGUIDE system and her business doubled. Like in terms of clients and, and uh, tours, her business grew by, and I want to throw a number out. I, I want to say and it's more in than a 100%. Case study. Yeah, I, I want to say drastically more. Like, I, I think, and in, in as we're talking, I can actually go, we did it, featured her in one of our success stories because oh, one great. of the things that we like to do is these operator success stories. Her business grew by 250%, but her actual revenue grew by more than 350%. So,
0: uh-huh. taking
1: more money in too. That's right. So she was able to now offer virtual tours and floor plans, 375% increase in revenue. That's uh, the statistic. And it can be found on on our operator success stories. She was able to now bring the virtual tour and the floor plan in. It did not take her much longer at all on site. She became extremely right. quick and efficient with capturing the eye guide, And it was so much more efficient relative to what she could charge for it. Not only did she grow her client base, but she grew her share of their wallet per listing, and right. man, that is what you want to see happen. That does that happens time and time again. We've got other teams within the iGuide Professional Network who had used some of these other uh, virtual tour technologies as part of their business, and and they were successful with them. They were making money, they were growing their client base, but there was still a deviation between what they could do and, and what they are doing, and that is where. The value of our time and efficiency came in where incorporating Mm -hmm. our system into their workflow gave them the opportunity to fill photographers up with more appointments per day, thereby increasing their revenue and their profitability. Absolutely. The iGUIDE system incorporated into an existing real estate photography business will add value. But also looking at starting a real estate photography business, high technology, being able to walk in as a complete media solution with photography, virtual tour, photos, measurements, areas, uh, is enough to get you those initial appointments or, or right. conversations.
0: Right. Yeah, that's a that's a huge thing to be able to offer, especially in a super competitive market like real estate photography, where anybody can be a real estate photographer. <clears throat> Which is a good thing because I think everyone should be a real estate photographer um, but it can be really difficult because you know you're like crap, how can I how can I even come close to the kind of offer and at the same or competitive prices as these much bigger companies and using these kinds of systems to be able to you know with one piece of equipment add a ton of additional services? Not a ton of additional time on site and gives you this opportunity to you know have several new upcharges uh, that people will definitely take advantage of. that that's a it's a huge help for uh, newer real estate photographers who don't have a ton of business and who are trying to get that competitive edge. Um, I talk about this in other episodes about, uh, real estate agents, how agents are just desperate to find a way to differentiate themselves from other agents. They're doing every possible thing that they can do. And yes, I mean, everything that they can do. Like there's some agents that will even say, uh, I do the exact opposite of what everyone else does because that's all I could come up. Well, they don't say it's all I could come up with, but that's what they mean. (laughs) Um, and, you know, in the real estate photography space, um, uh, th- there's less of a quantity of, of uh, compared to real estate agents. But still, when you're when you're one of several others offering a similar kind of a service. Um, You might not be that real estate agent that will just say, well, people say, don't put photos of your family on the wall. I'm going to put photos of family members on every single wall. (laughs) Like you don't have to do anything crazy like that. Um, You can use tools like this to give you access to services. And because with like iGUIDE, like you guys do all the back end processing, like you don't have to really be a technology guru to use it um, or to provide this kind of a service. And it, it gives you such an edge. Um, especially when you're doing your, uh, your office presentations and you've got all the realtors sitting in front of you and you just show them like, look at all this stuff we can do. They love it.
1: Yeah. And you know, we, when we spoke last, uh, one of the things I, I enjoyed the most is, um, your analysis of, of the business and the economic side of real estate photography, and mm-hmm. I find it to be such a fascinating in- industry because there are very low barriers uh, to entry, um, and and barriers, but there are barriers to success. And you know, you look at yes. your competition, your pool of competition from do it yourself to other professional photographers, uh, really, uh, the the market is wide open. And now, with this advent of uh, professional photo editing, where you can take a picture and somebody can uh, apply professional editing, it might not be as good as a full-fledged professional uh, photo, but it evens the field out a little bit more than, than it used to, so you do need ways. If, this is your business. You need ways to differentiate yourself and what can other people not do? And that is expand the things that you do for your clients, uh, mm-hmm. like floor plans, like measurements, like areas, like virtual tours. Uh, find new ways to create value for your clients that um, reduces the pool of, of would-be competitors. And and um, it is, I I, I am blown away by the the level of success uh Mm -hmm. photographers in this industry are having like absolutely amazed where there should be a university program because this is definitely (laughs) a job you'd want to get into yes Uh, it
0: can be extremely lucrative but the i mean to address that idea the it it, it, it's it's pretty similar in other businesses to um you know the the more people that you interact with and, and meet you kind of notice that there's like there's different levels of doing things of there's different levels of productivity and performance and intelligence. And, you know, there's some really smart and powered and, 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 uh, you know, very, very, uh, interesting people in the world. Um, but you know, maybe they'll live at like this certain lifestyle. And then you meet someone who's like 10 levels uh, above, um, when you get into any of these businesses, I mean, there's a ton of competition at the bottom. It's very much like a pyramid shape. If you think about uh, competition, like there's a ton of people at the bottom, but as you level up your offering and your presentation and your sales skills, as you get better as a photographer and you're you know able to have a better workflow, like as as you achieve higher levels of competency. And productivity in your business, higher levels of quality you're able to put out. Your competition doesn't disappear, but they kind of fade away into obscurity because they eventually, you know, when you're operating much higher levels in terms of, you know, standards of operation, it doesn't seem like there's as much competition as there used to be because when you're standing in front of your potential client, a real estate agent, and they're thinking about other photographers that they've seen or talked to. And then they're thinking about you or looking at you. They're like, wow, this photographer, you know, these other people don't even come close. Or this photographer can offer just so much more value than I can get anywhere else. And the price is just great. When you're at a higher level, and, and that's where a lot of people want, are struggling. Like, how do we get to that point where I don't even have to worry about this competition? Instead of slashing prices to try and screw the other guy over, you should be raising prices because you have so many appointments, you don't know what to do. Learning about these kinds of tools and using them is what helps to take you onto the next level of your business.
1: Absolutely. And I was looking this morning, uh, when I get up in the morning, I make a pot of coffee and then check some emails. And there was one about an agent. $100 million a year business that was looking at switching brokerages. And when you look at that, this gentleman is running a $100 million a year business. Equate that to consumer packaged goods or anything else, that is a highly sophisticated, highly valued operation. Just by walking in off the street and saying, hi, I'd like to take your pictures, that wouldn't work in any major business. You've got proposals, you've got presentation meetings. If you want someone like that, every real estate photographer should want a client like that with that level of business. It's going to (laughs) take- One
0: client like that is all you really need.
1: Exactly. And, and, uh, you know, it's going to take a level of sophistication uh, to win their business, but it is not impossible. And the nice thing is there are very few people within each market out there that are willing to invest the time and effort it takes to find out what it would take to win someone like that's business.
0: Right. And you know, usually what happens is most businesses are going to be super intimidated when it comes time to approach someone like that, who has a super huge book of business. And they often will not even try to contact that person or or pitch them or or sell them anything. And then, of course, you've got all the people that aren't super respectful or thoughtful or, or considerate of other people's time. You've got those people that are trying to sell just garbage but because they saw someone has money, they they just can't help themselves. <laughs> so what happens is that people who are super successful are like, there's like a dust cloud around them that they kind of have to squint through in order to find competent people that they are, need to work with. So, you know, the reality is, is that if you have the tools and the if you have if you have the power to help someone like that, approaching them and pitching them. Should be top priority because if you're able to use like the iGuide system to offer photos, virtual tours, floor plans, listing websites, like the whole suite of services, like what we're doing here, agents that are running a really big business are looking for people that can do that because they're sick of having to call five people to make one thing happen and then because they're so busy, they don't even know what's on their schedule or who's doing what anyways. (laughs) And then stuff falls through the cracks. And it's this huge, frustrating, stressful endeavor. If you're thinking about getting into real estate photography, you really only need a couple big clients like that. And if you are thinking, I don't have the experience, I don't have the firepower, leveraging technology like I mentioned in other podcast episodes, getting a good deal on equipment, you know, getting, um, the certain kind of lights, certain kind of cameras, being able to offer a higher level of services or just a wider scope of services, being able to be that single point of contact. People are going to really appreciate that. If anything, getting your hands, getting access to these kinds of tools, I feel like it's empowering people in a way that has never been done before, where you can get something that is super affordable and then potentially double or triple or quadruple your business. What was that one agent? It was, it was almost, it was 350%. 375%. In,
1: almost in 400%.
0: Months. If you don't have a ton of business experience, you're hearing that and you're like, that doesn't, that's meaningless to me. 300%. Wow. It's, you know, like you don't have really a frame of reference for it. And it seems almost pie in the sky or impossible. Some people might be tempted to say, yeah, well, a 300% increase on, you know, $5 in revenue, isn't that great? when you have more business experience, and you interact with more entrepreneurs, you see that those kinds of gains are certainly doable. I mean, it's, it's more of a rule than an exception where if you find the right thing to do or the right way of doing it, whether it's in, you know, a physical pre- presentation, or an appearance, or, uh, you know, it's something about your message or something about that additional little service that you have, like, like anything that you can add that can deliver more value to people can impact your business in incredible ways and and one of them is add the right kind of weapons to your arsenal and then you'll go from pee wee football to playing in the big leagues overnight almost like a 300% 500% gains that can happen in the business community and people will say wow good job like it's not it's not miraculous it's just a, no. it's a sign that you're doing the right thing
1: it's a lot of work and julie had to triple her staff to accommodate from team of 1 to team of 4 uh, oh of course of course but i mean that was yeah it it was something and and uh, helped her through it and and she's all the better for it and uh, you're right it is it's offering the the right tools but uh, also the right service to not only win their attention but win that initial so the hardest one is to win that first trial, and then execute on that, and then get more and more and more of their business mm-hmm. because it is it's highly worthwhile.
0: Yeah, and it's true. It is a lot of work. You know, we can talk about these pie in the sky kind of ideas. You know, like hey, buy a buy a three thousand dollar camera and then make an extra forty five thousand dollars this year. Well, you know, it's not going to happen with with your eyes closed. It's, you have to. You have to show up, and you have to do the actions, whatever actions that need to be taken to get your business to that level. So, yeah, it's there. there there's going to be it's going to be uh, labor intensive, but the payoff is well, well worth it. I mean, how many of us will go through willingly, go to college for four years, go to university, put ourselves tens of thousands, or potentially hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt? and then not even use the college degree with our career afterwards, but then we think that that's fine. You know, so many people will have this work ethic of, like, if I just show up and I just kind of do what, you know, other people are doing, then it'll be fine. And then, not, you know, not really putting the blood, sweat, and tears that you really need to do into it. If you just have that, like, I'll just show up and see what happens attitude, yeah, nothing's probably going to happen, but If you really put your heart, your back into it, you put your heart and your soul into this work and try to learn and think critically about what you're doing and how you can improve it. I mean, you could definitely see those kinds of intense, intense gains.
1: Absolutely. To expand on what you were saying there, while you were saying it, it made me think of a guiding principle that I try and follow. And this was based on some wonderful advice from somebody who was in amateur sport at the highest level. She told me that if you want to, the greatest way to eliminate the greatest amount of competitors is to be better than average. And she said (laughs) to be above average is less than 1%. She said, if you find out where the 50% mark is and you do 50.1, you've already eliminated half the competition. So now you look upwards and you look at where's the next half? Where's, that half, and then focus on where do I want to be now? How do I look at them and just be a tiny bit better than them? I might Mm -hmm. be good enough to be just as good as them and then rely on charm and good luck crossing the finish line that day to Mm -hmm. beat them, but it really is that you don't look at it and say, I have to give it 110% or I'm gonna offer 100%. Start out with these small incremental goals of reducing competition and very similar to your pyramid. You look at what the expectations are from the clients at each of those levels and set a goal to be better than that and once you get above that and be better than that and better than that and and that's the way you can climb up and really build these successful
0: businesses It's so interesting how people think about competition too i was I was just talking to a photographer the other day, and like I could not get through to him no matter what I said or how I said it. I kept trying to explain this concept that. Competition only matters if you're competing with other people. But if you just are focusing on you doing your own thing, focusing on improving your systems for you and not worrying about what everyone else is doing, he just was like, oh, but there's, you know, my competitors, I can't let them get ahead. Yeah. But if you do like what we're saying here, like if, if you are slightly better than average, then you're going to stand out instantly. And you can be slightly better than average with only doing slightly more work than the other guy. So, you know, without having to really break your back or do anything crazy, you can create a business that delivers way more value than the one next door and then people will start to gravitate towards you naturally. If you want to take things really far and you're saying that, you know what, 51% isn't good enough. I have to, whatever I'm doing, I have to do it as best as anyone can possibly do it. I mean, perfection might be an impossible or an unrealistic uh, goal, but if that's the standard that you're holding yourself to, and then everyone else is thinking, oh, there's so much competition, what do I do? Instead of growing their business, they're just worried about what everyone else is doing. Everyone's worrying about everybody else. They're wasting time, and they're going to stay down with that level wherever they're at. And then you, by practicing, by leveraging your the work that you can do using technology automating certain business processes if you can to save yourself time like as a single entrepreneur you can build a business and a quality of life that you're not just proud of but that you could not get in any other manner than if you had done it for yourself but it's so difficult to get that message across in a way that actually influences people's behavior. <laughs> That's like the biggest challenge that I face. Okay, say whatever you want. I mean, I don't even have to change your mind. If I could just get you to do the things that will quadruple your business's revenue, then I know you'll be a believer.
1: Yeah. And I think with you and mentoring and coaching other real estate photographers is, and even what we try and do with our new Guide pros is, set things up in palatable bites. Say, try this, and then let's look at the results of that. Okay, we've achieved success. Now let's move on to the next thing, achievable success. So instead of shooting for the moon right away, uh, let's set up some small semi-goals and track the results on those. And when everybody, when you start to see success in something, you want more of it, and that's the goal. So uh, let them see some measure of success and, and achieve it and build and grow based on their the own inertia of that success that they feel, that pride that they feel in achieving it. And I feel you. We we went through in, in our conversation some of the these pains of, of trying to engage and encourage photographers to go after it because it's out there. The business is out there. It's just yes. how do you yes. how, how do you get them to step outside their comfort zone and go after it?
0: yeah it's a it's a interesting conundrum to be in the situation where you want more for some for other people to have than they even want for
1: themselves
0: (laughs) it's uh it's kind of weird but you know um you also have to i mean to fully kind of understand that situation you also have to for me i mean i i haven't always been an entrepreneur and i haven't always been someone who could make anything happen at all. I spent the beginning of my professional career as an adult life, I, I joined the military because I didn't think that I could like do anything else with my life. And, you know, I remember those times of how I would think and things that I would do when I would hear kind of, uh, you know, messages like this. And I would always just, I would always write it off and say, Yeah, well, you know, they're just saying that. But having been the person that took, you know, good business advice, did it, and then saw these intense and incredible, incredible, amazing changes in my own life, I'm just trying to scream it off the mountaintops. You almost have to go through all the pain and suffering that it takes to learn that kind of a lesson. Um, Because not everyone, like some people are going to be like how I used to be. They're going to be not receptive to that at all. You're going to tell them something. And be like, look, if you do this, you're basically guaranteed to get a certain kind of result. I mean, maybe you're not going to be the next Mark Zuckerberg, but you're going to have a very good life. (laughs) It's still, you know, sometimes people just won't listen to it. It's like this weird mindset where because it's unfamiliar to them, they would rather it's like you see a dollar bill on the sidewalk and then you step over it to reach down and pick up a nickel. Yeah, You know, you're like, yeah, I'm not super familiar with that. I'm not going to pick that one up. I'm going to go and do this other thing that's, that's way less lucrative. You know, when I'm trying to teach people, when I say teach or when I share this information, my goal is not just to give you information. My goal is to change your behavior. So I'm constantly trying to think of approaches to problems that will kind of sneak these ideas in you know, with like practical business advice and really straightforward, but kind of dry instructions on how to do certain things. And then I flavor it with, uh, you know, more business theory and slightly abstract ideas around business. And I try to kind of sneak those things in there to try and get people to do it. Because once you start building momentum, like you mentioned earlier, you can, you really feel it it's it's like there's a ball rolling down a hill and there comes to a point where you have to keep pushing it and it's an incredible intense amount of work but then once you crest the the horizon or once you crest the the peak the ball will just keep taking itself you know the business will just eventually take on a life of its own i mean if it's a good business obviously like i said it's not going to be easy this work that has to be done and sometimes a business is just going to fail, and then you've got to give it up and, and try something else. But the real estate photography business is a well proven model for making money with your photography.
1: I will not disagree with you at all. I am continuously amazed at the success, both financially but personally. And so many photographers in our network have had. I always have these stories due to personal investment in the people who are a part of them and the success they've had, where We had this one gentleman who was starting a real estate photography business and he had set a goal for himself and and his lifestyle. And it was modest and working closely with him. And as he built it up, you know, the calls every day with questions about this and questions about that. And this went on for a year. Now he's got a team of nine photographers and he has again quadrupled the goal that he set for himself four years prior. Working for us. He's done incredibly well for himself. And we can say that financially, but now we talk and we meet the level of confidence and the certainty in the business that this gentleman has built is just incredible. And I don't know that he gave himself enough credit in the beginning that he could create it, or I I don't know that it was necessarily his goal to create it, but the opportunities kept coming and he kept meeting them and, and did a fantastic job. That's awesome. Yeah. That's no, awesome. That, that's part of the rush of uh, one of the greatest things about doing this is celebrating uh, the success of pros within our network, which is why we did the, the success stories, you know. Yes. To hear these things and to be able to turn around and go through an email from a year and a half ago from a photographer based on a, a phone call we had and then reshare it with them and say, where are you now compared to that person? and Have that conversation. It's phenomenal. It's so. It's a rush unto itself.
0: Yes. Yeah. It can be a lot of fun. I know exactly what you're talking about. You know, I have a coaching client that's in a country. He's not in the U.S. He's uh, been in coaching with me for a while. He's in a country where like no one does professional real estate photography. He was like, look, telling you, (laughs) he's like, I know you're not going to believe this, but there's a lot of properties that go up for sale, but the agents are usually just using their own photos as a industry wide standard. The only time where people are using professional photographers are for like super high end architecture shoots. Yeah. Uh, and he was in a situation where he's like, I can't even get my business started. He's like, there's, there's no way I can do it. He's like, what are my options? Working with him, we were able to get him in a position where he followed. I'm not going to recount that all here. I have whole episodes on like what I want people to do and, and what I do in my own business. But we got him doing the right actions and he goes out and after his first couple presentations, he's now got, he did a couple big offices. He got, he got lucky and he got meetings with bigger offices with really high producing agents, just a couple presentations. And he now has a pipeline that's so full, he doesn't know what he's going to do with himself. He's, he's got like all these appointments coming in when he was so insistent, he was like, No, oh, it's not going to work. It's not going to happen. I have to figure something else out. Maybe I'll start a photography editing biz service or something like that. But yeah, that was that was so fun and, and so exciting. Like this is impossible task that no one can ever do. We made it happen. And and yeah, that's I mean that ultimately like, like that's what the point of doing any of this is really about to provide a lot of value to other people, but in a way that, you know, they're not just gonna say, Oh wow, this is nice, thanks. But so much value that people look back on it and say, you know what? This was essential for my success. I'm sure you have that experience in iGUIDE. Giving people this kind of technology, they'll probably, especially that, that client that made that huge improvement in her, in her business, you know, she'd probably say like, if I didn't have the iGUIDE system, I never would have made it here. Doing that and paying the bills is, is uh, it's very satisfying to say the least.
1: Absolutely. Even even this morning, I had coffee with one of our local teams. And he, prior to, he was doing real estate photography, but he was also, uh, he was a videographer. So video was a big part of, of rolling out his real estate photography business. He was doing corporate videos and things. And, and uh, mm-hmm. we hadn't connected since the new year. So we decided to get together for a coffee. And, and I said, how's everything going? And he said, you know, it." It's gangbusters. He's he's now got uh, four photographers um, on his team, and they have all moved exclusively into uh, real estate photography. He said we had to give the corporate business up uh, because our our real estate photography um, business is is our number one, and and it's keeping everybody busy. And he said, I don't even know, Kevin, if I can call uh, us a photography company anymore. I think we're a measurement company because. Uh, when I did the books at the end of the year, you represented a vast majority of, of my service and service fees. So he said, am I a photographer or am I a floor planner? I don't know. <laughs> uh, but either way, I'm glad with the way things are going.
0: It's interesting when a resounding success can cause identity problems. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> and and, and that is, uh, th- that's come a, a few times where people have said, you know, I don't know if I'm a, a floor plan company or a photographer anymore because 75, 90 <laughs> percent of, of the the orders coming in uh, have eye guides on. So what do right. I call it? Right. <laughs> Always say, "Hey, every one hundred percent of your orders require photography." So exactly, uh, exactly. You're still a photographer. You just have a very lucrative uh, measurement business that accompanies your photography. Yes.
0: Well, let me uh, let me let me share. Uh, uh, this is a bonus pro tip for all the listeners at home. Um, if you get to a point in your business where you're having a crisis of personal identity, you're doing the right thing. That's not a bad sign. <laughs> it just means that you're not, you haven't landed exactly where you thought you were going to when you got started. And that's okay. The business can evolve. And like I said, eventually it'll take on a life of its own. I mean, if you still have a camera, call yourself a photographer if you want to. I was in the I was in the opposite boat actually. When I started my business, I started doing a ton of virtual tours and that's what my business was. It was like a virtual tour and floor plans thing. Like I I had real estate photography that I offered, but the big seller was my virtual tours. I remember like one of my first ever office presentations, at the end of it this agent came up to me and and I was so stupid. I probably blew the the deal. Like he never actually became a client, and I I hope it wasn't because of this. But he asked me. He was like, "So you're? How long have you been a photographer?" And my gut reaction, and and you could see it on my face too. I had this weird look on my face. I was like, "What? I'm not a photographer. I'm a yeah. I'm an entrepreneur." And <laughs> a, but really, you're. I mean, we're wherever we want to call ourselves. I mean, if the business is pulling in money, call yourself a photographer. Call yourself a floor plan guy. If your identity is so sensitive and your, uh, I guess your coping mechanism for coming into a situation where you're questioning your identity is too sensitive, then you could get yourself into trouble if you start saying, well, no, wait, I have to be a photographer. And then you start to like roll services back or reemphasize things. I mean, the, the the point of a business, of, of like optimizing your business for profits, it's not to follow some rigid idea that you had at a time where everything was different is not analogous to what's happening now. If your identity is really tied to something like that, You can hold that idea. You can tell yourself and think to yourself, "Okay, I am a photographer. This is who I am," and have a business that is not predominantly photography. Like that, you can you can reconcile personal identity with uh, you know actual business operations. But just for the love of God, don't get an eye guide system and (laughs) say I'm a photographer, so I'm going to reemphasize photography and not the eye guide stuff. When your eye guide is making you an extra two hundred thousand dollars a year, don't throw money down the toilet. (laughs)
1: Yeah, and if you get to that point, well, you should have staff who can fulfill the business portion while you can focus on your passion, too. Uh, yes, you know, yes. So, some of these guys, uh, and, and even a member of our team who was at one point one of our photographers, you know, we've got uh, one gentleman who, who's got uh, five photographers who really do the day-to-day photography for him, but he still allocates a few uh, shoots, a few tours a week to himself. So he can still say to clients, Hey, I, you know, I, I am still a photographer. I might not be doing as much of the work, but I still understand the needs. I still understand the business. And I still get out there and talk with realtors, clients when I'm on site. So, you know, you can be whoever you want, but you've now put yourself in a position where you can decide who that is.
0: Yes. Yes. You have the control to do that. I mean, in my business, so I can keep a personal relationship with most of my clients. I will call them after each photo shoot. A lot of these people I've never even met, but I still will call them and say, hey, you know, this is Tom with so-and-so. So like, you know, I still have my face on the... So there's, there's ways of, um, of coping with these situations because as your business grows, and if you're running it right, it will grow. Even if sometimes, even if you're running it, not so right it'll still grow it'll be like a, a false positive it can still grow the way that you run your business also needs to change there's a really good example of this that i like to use with someone that most and most people have heard this name warren buffett if you haven't then you should get out of the rock that you've been living under for the last 40 or 50 years this is the world's most famous and potentially arguably one of the world's greatest investors and Warren Buffett was not doing the same things that he was doing today as he did when he got started, but he is still super crazy successful. Why? He changed his tactics as he grew to fit the needs of whatever, you know, modern issue he was dealing with. Back in the day, he was a stock investor and he had his own little hedge fund that he was kind of a part of and he worked at a stock brokerage, but as he started becoming super crazy successful... He, uh, he teamed up with uh, Charlie Munger, I think is his name, yeah. and, um, and they do what they're doing now, which is some people will call it a hostile takeover. It's not quite. They'll buy a controlling interest in a company and they will optimize whatever. They'll, they'll plug in whatever services that they need. They'll put in a CEO that's going to be just perfect for that company. They'll make some sort of optimization for the company and then they'll you know check in once in a while, but they mostly let the businesses run themselves. If they kept trying to do the same thing that they did, or that that Buffett did when he first started on day one, he would not be as famous and successful as he is today. He did some—what did they call it—value investing or something like that. His mentor was uh, Benjamin Graham, that wrote the Intelligent Investor, if I remember correctly. And um, the technique that they used to make all their money thirty, forty, fifty years ago, sixty years ago, it, it wouldn't be as effective as it was. But you'll never know what'll be the best thing to do a year or 10 years from now until you're there dealing with the situation. So top performers in the world will do it and we should do it too. As our business is growing and changing, we need to change with it and constantly improve it.
1: Absolutely. That was great. Wow. Uh, we
0: uh, Yeah, we chewed up a lot of time here. Um, <laughs> yeah, I,
1: I, I just looked down at the clock and went, oh, you're poor editing. That, that was a lot of fun.
0: Yeah. Hour and a half. I mean, we, yeah, we can wrap it up, uh, right now if you wanted to, is, was there a couple other things that you wanted to bring up on the call before we actually wrapped up?
1: I know we're using this and leveraging this as a a exposure for, for I guy, but what, what I found most exciting is really talking about, uh, the business challenges. And, and I think if we can make everybody more professional and, and, uh have this conversation. Uh, I'm I'm biased as one of the founders that uh, I believe that iGUIDE will make professional photographers better. So anybody who can become a professional photographer will eventually gravitate towards our tech and say, this person uh, iGUIDE, can make me more money. So I just want to help this whole notion of treating this like a business and and your points are key that the more artists and photographers recognize that they are also business people, the better they're going to be in, in, uh, yes, yes. That's what I enjoyed it. Yeah.
0: The better they're going to be. In fact, I, I, I've literally written a book about how everyone is like a business. The book is called you are a business. And I compare a lot of the, um, physical attributes and some more abstract concepts but I analogize them and compare them in a way where you can look at a business and a person in very similar lights a person and a business have just like a really short checklist like they both have uh phone numbers we both have addresses we both have tax ID numbers and we both pay taxes we both have people that we interact with on a daily or hourly basis, we have uh, things that we need to do or that we want to do in our communities. Businesses and people can be very, very similar, uh, and I know in the United States legally they're treated very similar. I can't speak to, to uh, Canadian law, but I'm sure it's it's going to be uh, pretty close to what we have here. Like a corporation has similar rights to a person. However, for all the similarities, there's one huge gap. In between persons and businesses, and that's in their thinking and behavior when it comes to finances. And I've mentioned this in other episodes too, and, and I get all really excited. I have this whole spiel that I like to go through when I talk about comparing people to businesses. I, I won't do that to you here because we've been on the line for over an hour and a half now. But, you, you know, teaching people, especially in this case, real estate photographers to think and behave less like a photographer and more like a business or more about this abstract archetype of what a business is or or would think and do if it were personified once you can get people to think and behave more like a business or at least to become aware that yes i have a product that i offer people i can take actions and think about things in a way that is going to make me more money, uh, is going to help me keep my costs down, that is going to help me to continuously make decisions that are going to help grow the business. You never will know exactly how the future will play out. You might never know the perfect answer, but with the right level of critical thinking and maybe a little experimentation and risk-taking, you can find the, the path that leads you to the most personal happiness and satisfaction and financial uh, success it doesn't start until you stop thinking like a consumer which is how all the other businesses want you to think and start looking at things from this new perspective because you know buying used equipment like keeping a really tight ship in terms of like having a small team as possible Negotiating and haggling people on prices, trying to charge the most, adding up charges, streamlining all of your systems. These are all important steps that we all have to take if we want our businesses to succeed. And it's easier for us to do them if we are thinking like a business. We're not using so much of our emotions, even though we have them and they're valid and they're important. But you got to leave them at the door when you're going, to, when you're going in to make uh, business decisions. I, I could keep talking about this forever, but yeah, it's, it's, it's super important. I, honestly, I believe that everyone is a business. It's an abstract comparison. I'm not saying that you are literally, a person is literally a business. I'm saying that a person is like a business in many respects. And then once you behave like a business, you are going to have the benefits of a well-run business. you know, Things aren't going to be left undone. You're going to be saving. Your, your net worth is going to go up. Your liabilities will go down as time goes on. You'll be able to have more time with friends and family, more money to buy the things and have and do the things that you've always wanted to do, more money to share with other people that never would have had a chance to do it. I mean, there's so much that you can do with a good business and so much good that you can do. Why would you foolishly Ignore so much advice of you know how you can actually make this business into what it could be. Uh, so many so many people will do that, but you know, I feel like achieving those success those levels of success are easier when you are when you have the right kind of mindset the the behavior follows the mindset easier I think
1: Oh, absolutely. it starts with mindset for sure.
0: but uh, anyway, Kevin, uh, we've been on the phone forever and I feel like I'm going to be in the office (laughs) until 2 a.m. tomorrow morning trying to catch up afterwards.
1: I'm sorry. Uh, We just got chatting.
0: I know. But it's okay. It was a really good call. Um, Before we go and officially uh, call it quits here, uh, Kevin, is there anything that you'd like? So people are listening to this and they've heard a lot about iGUIDE and they've learned a bit about you as well. But where could people go to learn more about the Guide system? And when they get there, is there any kind of a special offer or something that they could take advantage of? What do you got for us?
1: Well, if you visit our website, uh, www.goiguide.com, uh, we've got two primary sections, one that we've labeled photographer. So that you can go to to find out uh, the specs and some of the things uh, about the camera system, the process, the hardware, the pricing, all that stuff. Got another section uh, called Eye Guide, which is geared towards not only photographers, but end users to understand the final output. What are we creating uh, in understanding that? And then take a look at our resources section where we talk about marketing materials. We walk people through our training process for the camera system because it can all be done using video and online, mm-hmm. uh, as well as the marketing catalog and things. Unfortunately, I'm not involved in the sales process. So Michael uh, and our team of, of iGUIDE sales and uh, marketing professionals could tell you about special offers. But mm-hmm. I, I do know there are some things that they could do, possibly include a few complimentary tours to get you started, to build that portfolio up. I, I think there's some things that Certainly can be done to help get photographers interested in our system started, and it really starts with by building that portfolio. Yes, yeah, that uh, those are are things. And what would I want to say to real estate photographers? Well, I guess if I were talking to a new real estate photographer and pitching Eye Guide, I would say take a look at the system because it really is an opportunity for you to um, distinguish your business, to open doors, uh, and to create new paths to revenue. For the existing photographers, I would say talk to any member of our sales team. Get into the mechanics of your business and find out, can we make you more money? Can we save you time? Can we improve whatever that thing is in your business that you want to do better at? And and if we can't, then don't look at us. But if we can, which we believe we can because we're doing it in case after case after case, Mm -hmm. it warrants taking a look at
0: I'd say it does for sure. One, one other question. So this is a, this is an expensive system. I mean, it's not as expensive as others, which is a huge benefit. Some people might not have cash on hand to dive in and actually buy the system. Is there a way that interested photographers could get their hands on one and try it out? Do you do conventions where you have a guide system that people could play with, or do you have, um, are there rentals available for people or anything like that? Do you have a pretty good return policy? What about those photographers that would be like, I'd love to add this to my business, but I'm worried that I don't wanna to have to buy it and then I'm, you know, I'm out the money if I don't like it or if they'd maybe like to try it out first before they actually purchase?
1: We have a return policy. We also have uh, financing uh, programs available as you would know, in in even the camera system, it is a fully calibrated uh, system that when it leaves our doors, our engineering team has calibrated the camera certified Mm -hmm. it. So we're not often sending them out for loaners, but uh, it would be a question that I would put to our sales team and and find out what's available. But I know up front, yes, we've got a, a return policy and we've got a number of financing vehicles available to photographers okay. to, to, to get know. into the system. Yeah. That's yeah, important.
0: Excellent. Excellent. Kevin,
1: thank you so much for spending this time with me on the call. I appreciate it too. Having learned about your podcast and listening to a few of them, I love what you're doing. I love what you're offering the community. Wish you absolute success, not only in your real estate photography business, but in the success uh, of this podcast uh, and your coaching, whatever that may be, because I think you're, you're providing a valuable service to the community. And thank you well, on thank behalf you of everyone for it. <laughs> thank you very much. That
0: was the episode. Kevin, thanks again so much for coming onto the show. It was a lot of fun. In this episode, we interviewed a business, but there are still plenty of episodes where I'm interacting with you, the listener either answering your questions that you submit over Instagram or email, I'll get into contact details in a second, or I'm interviewing you over the air on a recorded call. If you have listened to this episode and you have some more questions about iGUIDE, or if you are a photographer or perhaps not even a photographer yet, but you're interested in it, you're interested in the space, you can reach out to me and ask me questions directly. I don't answer every single one on the podcast. Sometimes I'll just refer you to another episode that I've already done in the past. But if it's worth bringing up in a future episode, I can record a full or a partial podcast episode answering your questions, your real estate photography or real estate photography business questions. It's one of the highlights of my day. So please send in your questions. I love interacting with everyone and sharing. You can find me on Instagram at Tom Vargeletis. Tom, V-A-R-G-E-L-E-T-I-S. You could also email me. My email is tom at Look forward to getting your questions. I also really appreciate feedback. If you're listening to the podcast and you're enjoying it, please reach out. Always appreciate the support. In the podcasting world, it's a little bit different than uh, speaking in front of a group of people. You don't get a ton of feedback instantly while you're talking. So if anything here is really landing home and it's helping you out, let me know that I'm doing the right thing. If not, if you feel like you're missing something in the podcast, please let me know as well. That's if you don't have a specific question to ask. Always looking for feedback, always looking for a chance to interact with you guys and improve the content. If you didn't know, the Full-Time Real Estate Photographer podcast goes really well with the Full-Time Real Estate Photographer book. Yes, there's a book. It's on Amazon. If you just search my name, you're going to see my other books. I actually mentioned one of them earlier in the podcast, but If you want to see the one about real estate photography, that's what we care about here, right? That's going to be full-time real estate photographer. Same name as the podcast, same cover image as the uh, podcast as well. So it shouldn't be too hard to find. It's on Amazon. If you're feeling like this podcast and the book are just not quite enough for you, if you're still missing something or you have a specific and unique issue to you, If you need more, you can reach out to me for coaching. Yes. In addition to running my real estate photography business and all these other exciting things, we are also offering business coaching. And as you've been listening to the podcast, you know that I put a lot of emphasis on the business side of the business. And here we were talking with Kevin from iGUIDE, who is very much involved on the business side of the business not even a real estate photographer. And he was talking about the benefits of the information we're sharing here in the podcast. But even if you need more or you need that custom one-on-one solution, then you can ask about coaching. What is coaching? It's going to be a lot of uh, communication, one-on-one communication, potentially group sessions as well, where we are dealing with specific issues in your business, try and make you more money get you more personal time so you can actually enjoy all that money you've been making uh, and just help take everything up a notch or two or ten so if you're interested in real estate photography business coaching you know how to find me kevin thanks again and everyone else thanks for listening